So the statement, what's looking is what you're looking for. The thing that you can run into, and there's no you running into it though, is the persistence of looking is very strong, yeah? So you'll hear about what's looking is what you're looking for, but there'll be the application of looking for it. Yeah? That's what stops us a lot of times. So what's looking can't be looked at. Yeah? You can't see it. It's not a thing. You can't objectify the subjectivity. So what's looking is what you're looking for. Now, the you is an objectification of the subject. Yeah? So subject is not of a body. It's not of thingness. So what's looking is subjectivity, let's say. Yeah? Not an object to anything else. It's because it's not a... It's a subject, yeah? No thingness, yeah? It can't be objectified. So what happens is the subjectivity sort of gets seemingly objectified by the identification as a body, yeah? So now that becomes what's looking, is the you. So the object tries to find the subject, but it can't see the subject as it sees other objects, yeah? So its way of looking is conditional because it's it's trained to look for things, yeah? Like when it looks out, it sees the things in the space. Or if you look at a big blackboard when you were a kid and they put one little chalk mark, that's where your mind would go to, is the chalk mark, yeah? Because it would be, in that big blackness, there'd be that one thing. So you, our the conditional movement of mind here is trained to see things, in a way, from a thing. So, all right, what's looking... So the assumption that comes over us pretty quickly, it's me, that's what's looking, is what I'm looking for. So now I, the, the sense is I'm looking for me, but it's objectified, yeah? Which it can't be. You can't, whatever you can see can't be what's seen. Yeah? Like, there's a great master, Huang Po, said, whatever can be perceived can't be perceiving. Yeah? Yeah. So... The whole idea is what's looking is what you're looking for. That's the frustration because the you is like a is like a very stubborn programming. Yeah, it keeps applying its own methodology to find things, and it may be all right with looking at for things, but it can't apply it to no thing. Yeah, because it's the no thing, assuming it's a thing. So it's always looking for itself, but it can't find itself because it has an idea of what itself is. So it's like the seeker is the sort, like they always say, yeah? So the seeker is the sort, but we don't get that. Why would I be seeking the seeker? <laughs> I'm trying to get relief from the seeker. Seeker, You know, that's why I'm seeking. But they would always turn it around and go, the seeker is the sort. How could that be? How could I be the sort? Because what I believe I'm seeking is peace and joy and and relaxation, and when I feel as the seeker, I don't feel much peace and joy and relaxation, so obviously that's generating the seeking. I'm trying to seek peace and joy and relaxation to bring back to the seeker to make it feel better. But if I am what sought, which is the peace, the, the relaxation, and the freedom, how can that possibly be if I'm feeling so bound and so screwed up? So it's like short circuits the conditionality. And it just, but it will keep regrouping and going back to, you know, I'm, I, how can the seeker be the sort? I'm, I'm, the seeker seems to be the problem. That's what's causing the seeking, is I want to get relief 
from my problems. I want to I want to be here. I want to feel like love with someone else. I want to be in the present moment. And you're telling me that is what I'm seeking. That's the sort. I would say that's the thing I want to get out of all day. Every time I shot dope, I was trying to get out of the seeker. You know, I was trying to get some relief. But it's saying, no, you're the sort. Obviously, it's not implying the idea that you have of you. Yeah. The idea, the mental idea that you're a body, that you're this action figure, that you're a separate entity, is not what they're implying by you're the sort. Yeah. But you are the sort because you're not that. You're not that which is being taken to be you. And if it's taken to be you, you're going to be seeking to get relief from it, but basically the relief will be for it all day. Yeah, Because every relief you run into, the head will be claiming it as my relief. Yeah, That's why relief doesn't work here, like when you take it like a pill, because the ailment overrides the recovery from with the pill. Yeah? Because the ailment is is not the is it's not that you need relief, you need relief from. Yeah? It's not I need relief as or for, I need relief from. When you really when you get relief from, it may not be a huge bang, but it will constantly progress. Yeah? And you'll finally have a clear uh, understanding of what's going on and you won't be trying to get out of what you're not. Yeah? The drive to get out of what you're not will will be diminished, and then that that statement will dawn on you as truth, which is, I am the sort. Yeah, I am what I've been looking for the whole time, but not as what was looking for it. Yeah, it was the way. It, it was the way. There, there was the way of the looking was the blindness to what I am. Yeah. So as 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 long as there's a seeker. That seeker is an objectification, isn't it? You're a thing called a seeker. And you're seeking yeah, to get relief. But he says the seeker is the sort, but not as the thing, but as it, what it really is. It's not a seeker. Yeah? The seeker isn't an object. It's not an object that has a subjective quality like us. It's the seeker is the sort. Yeah? but not as a thing. That's the frustration. Because if you would see that, then you would get the the impossibility of ever finding what you already are. (laughs) And all your drives for seeking would be severely tailored very quickly. (laughs) You know what I mean? (laughs) You'd be relieved from the need to be liberated. Because you realize you're not that which needs to be liberated. What you are doesn't need to be liberated whatsoever. Who you are needs to be liberated from who it is. Yeah? And it can't get re- liberated from who it is as who it is. Yeah? Self can't get out of self. You can't use the mind to find the mind. You can't use light to find light. Yeah? That's the dilemma. It's not that we haven't gotten the right path. It's that there is no path. Yeah, a path is a, is an expression or a, or a, an expression of illumination. There is no path to illumination, but what is on the path will illuminate it. Yeah, because you are the light, but not as this objectification. As this objectification, you're a possibility of being light and heavy. You're a possibility of being clear and unclear. You have a possibility of 
feeling like you're conscious that day or unconscious that day, based on a lot of different influences and things going on, yeah? You're just a hodgepodge of possibilities, but basically brought just separated into two camps, close and far, clear, unclear, connected, unconnected, feeling love or feeling hate, feeling agitated or feeling somewhat peace, which is usually just the agitation has subsided a little bit. It's not really peace from agitation, it's just the agitation is dimmed down so you feel much better. But all it is is like the experience is just a contrast, yeah? A contrast of two different like polarities, yeah? That there is no place that's, there's never, there's not a stable condition that anything can be built on there. Yeah, like Jesus says, don't build your house on sand. Yeah. You can get the greatest foundation, but if you put it on a weak, a weak surface, it's not going to hold. Yeah. So you can have all the stunning, all the understandings you want, but if it's put on a shaky view, which is, let's say in this, a wrong view, which you're taking yourself to be the seeker, yeah? It doesn't matter how much you seek, you're never going to find what sort, because what sort is what you are, and you've thrown that outside of yourself, yeah? You've objectified it. You called it the truth, or you called it nirvana or enlightenment, but you've thrown it outside of yourself. So all the while you're looking, 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 the, the jewel is right in your pocket. It's right underneath your nose. Like that old story they tell about the, the beggar on the, at the temple, at our city gates. He's been there for 30 years begging for, as people come and go. Asking for some money. He's wearing ragtag clothes. He totally hasn't washed or anything. He's got a guy and he t if you stop, he'll tell you an incredible story about all his woes and his tribulations. And then one, and people give him money and he goes back to his shack, you know. And one day a guy comes and says, hey, when you leave here today, just look in your pocket. Yeah? And the guy goes, what? And then he rem remembers that at the end of the day, and he's walking, but he's afraid to look in his pocket, because now his identification, even though you would think it's a lousy one and you'd want to get rid of it, is his only identification of being a loser, of being in poverty, of not having any money. And in a way, he's affixed or, or attached to that, that story. Yeah? So he's, then when he's all alone, he puts his hand in the pocket and he feels something and he pulls it out and it's this huge jewel. Yeah? It's been there the whole time. The whole freaking time, every minute he was sitting there talking about, oh, I'm terrible, terrible life, I'm never going to get any money. He's had this big giant diamond right there waiting, all the possibility in the world, but not being exercised because of the unwillingness or the ignorance of the one who has the diamond. Not the one, there's no one, but the diamond is not recognized. As soon as it's recognized, he's a rich man. Yeah? Immediately. That richness comes over and washes a 30-year story about why he's poor and who did this and made him be like this and all of these incredible stories about the why he is the way he isn't. As soon as it dawns on him, that's just a race like that. It doesn't take a second to erase it because it's not so. Yeah? I don't care if you had 30 miles of blackboard. Wow, 
this is crazy having it today. Maybe we made a, mo- a mistake. Eh? No, I like the sound effect. <laughs> you have a, like a 30-mile blackboard and you wrote a story. I am this and this is why I'm this and this. When the, the recognition of the jewel occurs, it's wiped off as if it never happened. It doesn't take any time. Like, you got to go back and erase this and erase that. No, it had no reality whatsoever except in the mind that was, that was holding it to be true. Not one bit. Yeah? As soon as he recognizes a thing, his whole thing changes. But there's where the rub is, too. The conditional mind is invested in the story of John. Hugely. Even if you think you'd do anything to get out of it, that's part of the story of being John. Is that John would do anything to get out of it. Yet I bet you, if you were really confronted with the possibility that you were never in it, it would scare the bejesus out of that aspect called John. Yeah? Most people don't want to be free. They want to want to be free. Yeah? When the push comes to shove, they don't have anything to do with it because it doesn't have anything to do with them. Yeah? The cherishing of the idea of self arises and then you really realize why everything, what's holding everything together in the story. Not the story isn't binding you. You're the binding glue of the story. The mind is the binding glue of the story. It's mining it for something. It gets some kind of something out of it. And when it gets to a point of disinterest in that, then, it, then the freedom is very, very obviously available. Yeah? When you lose interest in the self, you'll gain interest in others. When you lose interest in the self, you'll see what you can contribute to life, not take it from it. When you lose in, that's the prerequisite, is losing interest in the self. Yeah? You can be trying to get out of self and be extremely interested in self. At every moment you're practicing getting out of it, there can be a huge interest in self in that moment. It's now framed as I'm getting out of self, but it's total self-obsession. Yeah? But this way, what happened with me was I entertained, I may not be that, which all of this stuff is pointing to. The thought system, every feeling is held as mine. Every moment, every action was my action. <laughs> all that. When I lost interest in what, with all the pointing, the, the culmination of the pointing couldn't take hold and become what was pointed at. That feeling of self couldn't be established to be so solid like it used to be. It sort of weakened. It's sort of like a projection on a wall, and if the wattage of the light bulb that was projecting it got smaller and smaller, the projection would be weaker and weaker, yeah? The wattage of the light bulb is our interest and attention. Our interest and attention is the projection of selfing. That's what's projecting the self and enlivening it to us, yeah? That's why it's illuminating all the thoughts that are about us, and all the actions that we did, and all the actions that someone did to us, yeah? What would happen if you entertain a possibility, hey, I may not be that? You would lose interest in it. And the wattage of the projection would dim down, and the projection would be easily seen through. Like we were talking about it on Monday. You would see the screen behind all the movie of Paul, all the little dancy finger puppets, and all this and all that. Deb and Paul, all this. It would bleed through, and then you would see what's so. And that thing that used to be the background to the movie will now become the foreground of the movie. You'll sense the presence of what's available, and it's not a thing. You'll sense the spaciousness. You'll sense it. You'll feel it like you feel a wind blowing on your skin. 
It's just a simple, simple process. Question, what is it that's producing the sense of Paul? What is it that reinforces the sense of Paul? What is it that promotes the sense of Paul? And look at it, you know? Just see it. And so a lot of stuff's going to be revealed. Yeah? And maybe you'll run into a book that will sort of further it or, or enrich it a little bit. Maybe you'll hear a speaker. But it'll be the mind itself that will be unfurling like a flag. Yeah? It'll be unfurling. It'll be opening up. And then the scripture's written on that opening up. Like this, those old papyruses where they have them written and you pull it this way. It's like that. Things would be revealed. Blue would become blue and red would become red. It's been red all along. You were just, you were just throwing a tint of yellow on everything. Yeah? That's what self-centeredness is. Instead of responding to the colors that are happening, it projects a color on every, every other color. So the blue gets a yellowish tint. The red gets a yellowish tint. That's called self-centeredness. That's the interpretation. Yeah, something did come to pass, and an action did occur, an event occurred, but I don't see that anymore. All I see, all I see is the tint of me in everything. Yeah? It happened to me. I did it. What did I say to make that lady yawn, or all this and that? Yes? It just gets mined. All this minutia gets mined out of like a, an empty canvas. Yeah. I throw the paint on it. My head does. So it says, what's looking is what you're looking for. Yeah. But when you entertain what's looking, I'm telling you, the mind's entertaining and it's who's looking. Yeah? That's its reaction. Every ball that's thrown, it thinks it's the game. In the game, it throws up its, its conditional mitt and catches it. Then the game turns into something totally different. <laughs> totally different. Oh, I got it. <laughs> what's looking is what you're looking for, but not as what you think what's looking is. Yes? What you think what looking is is a concept. That's a thing. A thing is not what we're looking for, and a thing is not what we're looking from. Yeah. That's the scene. It's like you take something back, let's say a feeling. Feelings, feelings, feelings. Or I like sound. Sound works. So sound, sound. So I heard all those sirens. I hear the cars now. Now I'm not hearing the sirens, so that was a memory, yeah? So I hear the, I hear the sounds of the cars going by. I hear the, the wheels of the skateboard. I give it distance, see? Time allows me to, now I can hear it, but it's farther away. You don't see this as a dream? I hear the sound, and then it trails off. Who's making that happen? That or the mind? The mind. Not fucking, there's no skateboard going there. The mind's projecting this whole place, yeah? Gives it time and space. And so now there's like the, the water of possibilities. The mental condition gives you a piece of bait, yeah? Says, oh, this is going to be about you. Right? So now the mind sort of coagulates, comes and takes the bait. As soon as it takes the bait, it appears to be a fish. Yeah? The bait and mind connect, and then what gets produced is a sense of being a fish. And not only the fish, you feel like a historical fish. Like you've been caught by this bait many times before. Yeah? So now you're dragged along for a while in time. Yeah? 
Then you get released because it was never so, so it can only appear like you've been hooked for a thing. And then you're totally free, totally free. And then suddenly there's an idea that it's you, and now you're the historical fish that was free. And now it's lost it. And what a fucking drag. I was awake one time. And then you feel like, all right, what was I doing when I was awake, when I, as an object, was awake? Where was I, as an object, when I awoken? Where was I, what was I doing when I woke up? And then you try to, let's say, do that again, and it gets to a point, if it goes thousands of years, they'll make a path out of it. And now you'll do stuff that you think is going to promote you getting what you never had. <laughs> and then you run into the dilemma of you want to be there to get it. Yeah, and it's an overriding desire. I want to be there as Paul to get the experience of non-Paul. I want to be there. And I'm willing to wait. Not forever, but for quite a while. I'll log my hours in at meetings. I'll do this. I'll do that. And I'll, get, I'll live on false hope occasionally. And then, but I'm going to be there to experience my own absence. No fucking way. You are absent already. You have an illusion of your presence. <laughs> the true experience here is you're absent as, as, an ob, as an objectified thing. That's the true experience, is you're absent of that. <laughs> it's such a simple thing because you don't have to go anywhere. You don't have to go take one move because one move as what you're not will produce a journey that will lead nowhere. There'll be a lot of seeking what you're, and, and you'll have the understanding, I am what I'm seeking for, but you'll, it'll be stuck on the concept of I am. Yeah? I am Dev, this body, I'm this person, this, yeah? That's gonna, that conceptual thing of here you are looking for a no thing, and then you're always given a thing. Yeah? You're always given a concept or a fucking idea or something. Yeah? And therefore, as soon as that happens, you go, no, no. Obviously, the seeker isn't the sort because I've already found it and it's not working. Yeah? And it's, it's just like a loop. You get caught in a groove and you can't get out of the mental logic that you seemingly are in because, in fact, you're not there. Yeah? You can't get out of an imaginary place. You're taking yourself to be something you're not. That's the, that's the whole point. Yeah. If that's, if so put the intention this way. Question what you are instead of what the truth is. Question what you are instead of what nirvana is. Question what you are instead of what peace is. And maybe if you're not that which you're taking yourself to be, you'll find out what peace is. You'll find out what freedom is. You'll find out. You won't know it at all. And you realize knowing it is like the booby prize. You'll, you'll find out, yeah? You'll download in the experience here and saturate it. Just like you'll down... When it happened with me with surrender in AA. It was an amazing event in hindsight. I had a many, many bottoms, you know, using alcohol and drugs, washed up on some really, really desolate shores in my life. And every bottom I hit, I called it my home. I moved in, I invited you over, and then circumstances, and I'd be evicted out of that bottom and go to a lower bottom. And it had gotten to such a point, I had to go to programs and be supervised. One of them was for two years. I had to live in a facility from 85 to 87 to learn how to just show up a day at a time, yeah, and not be my own worst enemy. So what happened is there. I left there, 
As soon as I left, the parasite of alcoholism took me over like an old friend coming over to have a beer. Took me over, went on a 10-month run. This time, I was totally washed up. And I was, but I didn't know it. I'd given up all hope. And I was sitting in a trailer park. I swear to God, no intention of it thinking about ever getting it better, nothing. All I wanted to do was to stay as high as, and as long as I could before I went to another institution, another jail sentence, or death. That's all. That was all I was looking for. I just want to drink until I can get some drugs, and I want to, and after that I want to just drink to get more drugs. Yeah? And, on and, on. and I knew I'd get arrested or something would happen, because that's what happened all the time. So sitting there with this guy, watching him, I didn't know who he was. I'd been on a four-day bender, so to speak. I was drunk. I drunk myself dumb. You ever had that? Where when you pass out, you wake up, you're still drunk. And then you can't... It's like I couldn't put two sentences together. It was like a bad sitcom, you know, like whatever. Some terrible shows on TV. Just going on and on. And so I was sitting there drinking Royal Gate vodka with this guy. And I uh, looked at him and I said to myself, this guy's a bum. He had a bulbous nose and varicose veins. And then looking back at me, I thought he looked at me like I was a bum. And for some reason, that was the stop sign that actually had everything stop. Yeah? Not getting run over by cars, not getting shot at, not getting overdosed, not going to jail. No, just sitting in this freaking trailer park and then something stopped my head. The production of selfing was shut down for about three, four, five minutes. And what happened was information untainted by the claiming of the selfing downloaded. Just like that. And it changed my whole freaking life here. But the whole manifestation of Paul as an action figure here was changed that one day in five minutes. Five minutes, it stopped 20-something years of insanity, first of all, and it initiated 25 or 26 years now of going in a whole new direction. What more demonstration do you want of a, of a power greater than yourself? I wasn't beseeching it. I wasn't on my knees. It was a regular day at the office. Something just did it. Something happened. The mind stopped. Information downloaded. Set off trains of circumstances that have brought me incredible fortune for the last six, 26 years. Yeah. What more do I need? The biggest demonstration of my life. What could put a stop to this parasite? My mother wanted it stopped. It couldn't, she couldn't stop it. The state couldn't stop it. My friends couldn't stop it. Enemies couldn't stop it. Yeah? I didn't want it to keep going. No human power could stop it. Yet suddenly, something did. Like that. Like it was never even possible. It was never even so. Just stopped it in its tracks. And it hasn't regenerated for 26 years. Yeah. To me, what happened there is I experienced what surrender was. Yeah. And I've never forgotten it in a cellular level. And now my mind can entertain surrender at any time. Because now it knows, it has found out what surrender means to it. It doesn't know surrender. Knowing surrender, I knew about surrender after I got run over by a car, but it didn't initiate a surrender. Getting arrested never initiated a surrender. Overdosing never initiated a surrender. A surrender was dropped in, was given to this possibility, and now this possibility can, knows or has found out what surrender is, and I entertain surrenderedness now. That's what happens here. That's what we're hoping to participate in this, at these meetings, is to, ent is to drop in a possibility that your mind may have not entertained yet. Yeah? And maybe this may be your lucky number. Maybe if you put the ability to entertain upon this entertaining, 
it's going to really, really do something. It may produce some radical expressions in your life. Yeah, This is what I found happened. So the idea of studying what surrender means doesn't do a damn thing. All you have is concepts, more and more concepts. You acquire more and more things that are about something that was never initiated by a thing. Yeah? You have more and more things, and concepts are things, and you have a lot of concepts of love and enlightenment and this, that, and you don't see the concepts are the biggest barrier to finding out. Because now, all the finding out, all the possibility of finding out is preceded by I know. I know what I'm looking for. That's why you can't find it. Our ideas of peace are conceptual. Our ideas of love are conceptual until you find out what love and peace is. Yeah? They've been substituted with a concept. They've been substituted with a mental interpretation. And after a while, you'll keep taking... It's like taking a generic... Not even a generic, it's worse. Like buying... Like sometimes you buy shit in Thailand that says it's a Rolex, but it's not a Rolex. You know, those bags people like... uh, high-level bags. They make thousands of them and they, they have no copyright laws so they stick a big... And so people think they got the real deal but they don't have the real deal. That's what's happening here. We take a concept, a concept, an idea to be the substitute for the real thing and it doesn't translate in our lives as the real thing would. Yeah? And there's a big gap there. Oh yeah, I know about peace but I'm not feeling it right now today, Saturday at 12 o'clock. There's a big gap where there's the knowing of it, but it's not actualizing. What value does it have? It's actually doing the exact opposite you thought. You're getting heavier and heavier, gathering up all these concepts of being lighter and lighter. Every concept you have about being lighter is causing heaviness. Every concept you have about enlightenment is producing the exact opposite of what enlightenment means, which which means cessation of all suffering. The concepts of enlightenment are are producing suffering right now at many meetings all around the place. Yeah. The concept of it getting better is producing an invalidation of what's going on now. Yeah. Not the possibility of getting better, the concepts of getting better. When getting better is made into a thing. This is what happens. We beget what we think we are onto everything else. If you hear about no thing, you hear about no thing as a thing. And you know what's going to override? Not the no thingness, the thingness usually. Yes? But if you question the thingness, and it may not be you, the interest and attention that allows it to eclipse no thingness will diminish. And now the interest and attention may go on the no thingness side. And now. Now you don't take a concept of being or of peace. You have a realization of finding out about being in peace. Yeah, which is substantial. Its effect is huge in your daily life. You know, in the minutiae of your day from 9.30 to 11 on Saturday morning before I drive over here, how was it? Yeah. If I judge it by what it was looking like, toast, butter, this and that. But how was it? Exactly the same as it always is. You take anything back, you're going to run into the big screen of awareness. Nothing that's appearing ever transcends what's appearing and appears in non-appearing. This is an appearance. This is not going to appear in non-appearing. 
and yet not appearing as all that we are. So the point is, if you give up your identification with the, what's appearing, you'll realize maybe you are that which you've been seeking. Yeah? But not as an appearance, not as a thing, but as the nothingness, as what's behind, what's prior to all sounds, is the hearing of it. What the hell is hearing it? What the hell is hearing my heartbeat? What the hell is hearing the breath? What the hell is hearing the vibrational sounds going on in what I call my head? It's not definitely not in your head. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I don't hear a sound in my elbow. It's just you're hearing sounds, but what's hearing the sound? Can you ever hear that? Can you ever get prior to where your whole life always ends is in the living of it? What is it that's illuminating this experience? Is it an experience? Then how could it illuminate all experiences? How can, how can effect be a cause, in a sense? Yeah? What's, what's allowing all experiences isn't an experience. What's seeing everything isn't someone looking. Yeah? Take something, take one thing, take sound. Listen to sound and bring it to the closest sound, in a way you want to call it closest, the closest sound like you get to your body. So you hear your stomach bubble or something, you hear the blood pump, your heart pumping, yes? You hear the breath going on like that. Who's, what's, is that, is that what's hearing it being heard? Can you hear the hearing like a breath? Can you hear what's being, what's hearing? Can you hear it? Can you see it? Can you know? That's you. Where everything stops, that where, that's where you are because it's stopping at you. Not at this, but at what you are. This is, this is some, this is a thing. This is appearing before the camera. You're behind the camera. You're behind every hearing, every seeing, every feeling, every tasting, every touching. You're behind this. So when it says what's looking is what you're looking for, it isn't like, oh, here's the movement of you looking for out here, and you're going to turn and see this as what's looking. No, this is got, you're going to look that way, yeah? Take this as far as it can go, and this stops and something continues. Just because you don't feel it because there's no contrast, you will never feel what's always happening. Just like we don't feel the effects of gravity. We don't. We experience it. We, we blame the hill when we're climbing up the hill. The hill has nothing to do with the, the strenuousness of it. It's gravity. Yeah? Gravity is what's causing it to be harder to move by, oh, ahead. But no one's pinning it on gravity. No one's going to a cafe complaining about the effects of gravity today. Oh, we're going to have a big gravity day. We're going up Mount Tam. I'm prepared. No, no, we always just talk about Mount Tam. We don't, what you're really walking up is the gravity. You're not walking up Mount Tam. But everything goes on the thing, and what doesn't see, isn't seen, is like totally, no, has no meaning in my story. No, Mount Tam, I climbed Mount Tam day. Mount Tam was really hard today. Yesterday wasn't, was Mount Tam harder yesterday and softer today? No, you were in better shape one day, so the gravity didn't have as much effect. And the same thing here. We're in a huge mental realm, and the mental realm is of things. And we're so filled with it, we don't sense 
we we've lost we haven't lost it, but it's not being accessed or used. The sense of nothingness, you know, the sense of presence, the sense of space, the sense of awareness. Let's say whatever you want to call it. Where we've that's gotten so like atrophied, and we're all about things, and we've even made that thing. We made the void. I was reading this book, and it's so funny. When you hear the term the void, it sounds like an object that's empty. Yeah? But void means it's void of all objectivity. But the way we, we can't think any other way. So when you hear the void, it sounds, oh, there's a big place called the void that's totally empty. <laughs> but it's not a place. Yeah? It's, it's, a, it's a void of all places. See? But as soon as we hear something, the conceptual frame frames it and makes it something to fit it. Instead of admitting, hey, I'm overmatched, and then letting go, and then expanding out. Yeah? Instead of trying to meet something and frame it, we meet it like this. Yeah? Come out of the frame. Come out of the frame of self-centeredness. But if you don't entertain, you're not the self, you'll try to get out of the frame of self-centeredness as self-centeredness. And you'll run into that axiom, self can't get out of self. So stop searching and look at who's seeking first and see if it's you. See if you're pinning all your hopes on an imaginary thing. And maybe what's being delayed and hoped for and worked towards will be realized now. And its actualization will occur now in your day. And after a while, even though it's an invisible signature, you'll sense its choreography all day. Yes? I'm still enthused as hell. Why not? Why wouldn't you be? Every time I've ever gone and drank from this well, it's always replenished me. Always been available. Not once did a bucket go down and come up with nothing, except a big fucking story. Yeah? Every time I've shared, every time since I was doing it in recovery, Whatever physical condition I was in was totally dismissed for the hour or so of the meeting. Whatever emotional condition I was in was totally, totally gone. Whatever mental, whatever physical condition, everything gone. Totally as if it never existed because it never does exist. It only appears to exist. And if the mind state changes, then everything that seems so real stops. You'll have total freedom from it for that fucking hour. What does that entail? What does that... What does that uh, imply? It could go on and on and on. Why just keep it confined in an hour? That was the free sample. Expand. That's what happened. I used to go through hell, go to the meeting, feel totally relieved as the hose letting the water through. Then hell would start as soon as I left the meeting in about 15 minutes. Now, it goes on and on and on and on because the hose realizes it's not even a hose. All there is is water. <laughs> I tell you, it was much more dramatic then. It was great. It was great to have a low and then a high. It's such a rush, like an addict. It's like shooting up, you know? You'd be like doing your thing and worrying about things that weren't happening, and then suddenly you'd go to the meeting and you'd get a big shot. Shoot, total relief. And then it would start up again to build the contrast. And you see, that's an addiction. This is like a, like a normal, ordinary dog shit awareness. There's no whistle and bells after a while. It's just like they said in Zen. First there is the mountain, then there is no mountain, then there's the mountain again. <laughs> it's just exactly the same, but it's not. Yeah? 
There's no fucking whistles. I'm not going, I'm not feeling exalted. <laughs> I'm not rising above the others because there are no others. <laughs> it's such a freedom in the ordinary. I mean, I ran, I ran after shit. I ran after spiritual experiences, drug experiences. I've done, I was a fucking true addict. And I wasn't, but the head, you know? It was addictive. And it much rather have an experience than a state, you know? It was willing to suffer incredible mental states to get a rush as an experience, yeah? The transcending that never occurs. You do a shot of coke, it's such a rush, but it lasts for five minutes. And no matter how you, high you go, you never leave the system that's producing the sense of self. Never. You never break out of, the, uh, out of its gravity because it's an imaginary planet. <laughs> and I was a fucking perfect devotee of drug addiction. I would match my drug addiction with any spiritual devotee in the histories of spirituality. I gave up everything. I gave everything I could get from you up. I was prostituted to it. I loved it unbelievably. I was devoted to it. And if anything could take you out of this place, that should have taken me out of it. But you cannot transcend an imaginary place. The way you get out of here is by, it, by being in here. Because if you're really in here, you realize you're out of here. <laughs> but trying to get out of here only emphasizes that you're in here. If you really drop in and really be here, you realize you're out of here. Yeah? <laughs> All the other shit was... A, a, there was inherent mistake in it. I was taking something to be so that wasn't, working as hell, hard as hell to get out of it. Nothing seemed to ever work. And I always would blame me or the person or the teacher or the path. But the fact was, I can't get out of an imaginary place. Once I, AA finally subdued that drive, put me here, I faced up to my past, made my amends, did all this, did all that. And then I was really, really here. And then I got, I'm not here. <laughs> exactly. Everything I wanted by doing all that other shit, I got it by not doing any of it. So it's a possibility. If you want to think we're going to like move to an ex, you know, like a higher level of learning, this is always going to be an introductory offer. Because use the product. That's the whole point. It's got to be pointed and pointed and pointed until it takes hold. Not just for the meeting, but when it starts carrying over during your week. And after months, you can come back and start saying, I'm really a traveling writer. Hallelujah. Now it's found a little root. And now it's just going to grow. Nothing's going to stop it. Look at a plant in these little, between the, the grooves of the sidewalk. At Deb's house, I had this put up, we put a bird feeder up. We put some sunflower seeds in. Some of the birds were messy, and some of the seeds fell in a little crack on the sidewalk. And these giant sunflower plants grew. Yeah? Big freaking things. Where did they come from? From the seeds in the bird feeder. No one was watering them or, you know, tending them. Their innate nature is to grow to the light. Hey, man. Have some faith in mind. Why do you, it doesn't need your coaxing. And you're not the handmaiden. You're not leading it to the truth. It's not like a stubborn, obstinate child that you're the adult to. We've, come, we've taken a mental process to be mind, and we've become very doubtful and fearful of it. 
But that's not mind. That is a mental process called selfing. Mind is totally reliable. It's the thing that's all intuition comes from. It's the spontaneity of your life. It's the sense of timelessness when you're doing the thing you love the most. All that's the mind. So, yeah. Any questions there? How hot are you, Paul? I'm getting hot. <laughs> is, the, is the sunscreen wearing thin? Yes, I think so. Need to reapply soon. Yes. In the saying that we started, yeah. is the misconception that initially the self is thinking it's doing the seeking, it's looking back at it. Yes. The reality is it's the I am that just wants to feel conscious presence with everything else. Well, the I am is feeling conscious presence. Right, and it just wants to be aware of the rest. It's not looking for itself. No. No, 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 no. See, the I am is just what, what's happening, yeah? It's something that's going on that's distorting that. So what's looking turns into who's looking. And as soon as it becomes who's looking, who's looking because it's, first of all, its root is agitation. It's going to express that by seeking, yeah? So it wants to get relief from the agitation it's the source of, yeah? So we can't get out of self as self, yeah? So I think, you know what I mean? Let's say you look at recovery. Some people now have turned the AA program into part of the problem. They've gone in and out so many times, they know when the shit starts getting bad, they go to a few meetings for a week or two, and then they get a, they get a second breath and go back out. Now, that blows my mind, because I came in AA, washed up, and I've always stayed in it, but I've seen the mind's power. It can make a solution to the problem. Yeah? Very easily. So, the who's looking is a conceptual idea. The conceptual idea believes it's what's looking. So now it's going to be looking for what's looking as an object. Yes? It's going to objectify the subject. And of course, that's the greatest disguise of subjectivity is object. Yeah? We, we're totally disguised all day. The subjectivity is appearing as objects right now. And we're to- it's totally disguising itself here for, to us, seemingly. Yeah? Because our eyes looking in a certain way are, are, are a form of blindness. Yeah? When you're looking from a thing, you're going to see things. Yeah? When you're looking at no fr- no th- from no thing, which you always are, then the seeing is available. Yeah? And when you see, what you see is everything is inherently empty. The only reality is what's looking, not what's being looked at. Yeah? What's looking? The only reality isn't all the sounds, it's what's hearing the sounds. That's the reality. Everything else is an appearance here, manifestation. And what is it manifesting from? I would say from that which is seen. Yeah? So it's sort of like, the foreground for me is I'm important and I'm in time and I'm looking at the things that are important to me and that's the foreground and things are running across the screen underneath it you know, emphasizing the importance of this person or what I have to do next week or what happened three weeks ago and then there's the background of the spaciousness the peace, whatever, the awareness now what happens is if entertained that you're not the self what can occur is the background will move to the foreground and the foreground will not disappear because it's just an appearance it will just move to the background so more emphasis will be on what's so than what's not so and I would say you'll travel in a different way or the traveling there's no you traveling the traveling will appear to be different it'll be lighter like a softer imprint you know less of a footprint on things yeah 
You'll be holding things loosely. Your plans, your dreams, and this and that. You'll be able to fit yourself around circumstances instead of trying to fit them around you all day. Things will happen like that, yeah? With no thought or effort. None. No thought or effort, man. All the thinking and effort was before, I'm telling you. Once the mind opens up, there's less and less thinking and effort. I mean, the effort I have in my life is trying to rehab a knee. That's it. But I'm not, I have no effort to try to stay in the moment. <laughs> I realize you can't be out of the moment, yeah? <laughs> There's absolutely no effort. I'm not trying to be mindful. I am mind. <laughs> Why would a thing try to be mindful? Just realize you're not a thing. That's the highest form of mindfulness. <laughs> Everything, all the attributes of mind and its effects have been interpreted by a point of view from selfing that you're going to do and have yourself into a state of being. Have you ever done that? Have you ever done and had yourself into a state of being? No. All you have do and have yourself into is another mental state. <laughs> when a mental state entertains a being, how can it entertain it? By doing and having. It's assuming it's a mental state, so it's now going to do something and have something to get into a sense of being. But from the state of being, everything is an expression. It's not, it's not there to achieve anything or to culminate at a certain point or, at, or, or end up at a crescendo. It's just an expression. Yeah? So you see, let's see, you see someone who's clear, like sa- a saint. So you see a saint. And so you think, all right, I'm going to do, I'm going to f- watch what the saint does all day. I'm going to see, he doesn't have much, so I'm going to do, I'm going to practice his having and his doing, so I'm going to do what he does and have what he has, with the hope that that will put me in the state that I think he's in. But where he's at, what he's doing and having is an expression of there. It's not a way to get to where he is, it's an expression from where he is, yeah? But when we see things like that, we immediately look at it as, I'm going to turn into a vehicle so I can get to where I think he is, Yeah? So I'm going to do what he does. I'm going to have what he has. Yeah? And then I'll be where he is. How's it worked? Because he didn't do that. And, and he doesn't have, he doesn't have a, a little stuff because that's, that's achieving a state. That's just, his, that's the expression. There's no rule in it. There's some people that have tons of shit. And they're as free as free can be. That's nothing to do. It's like Saint Ra- like Ramana Maharshi says, it's not giving up the possessions, it's giving up the possessor. It's not giving up the thoughts, it's giving up the thinker. It's not giving up the feelings, it's giving up the feeler. It's not giving up actions, it's giving up the actor. Oh, I can't do that. That's an action, you see? As soon as the eye hears it, it turns it into an action. All right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to act to give up acting. You know what I mean? You see how it just keeps re-referencing itself? You hear about... Uh, let me say this one thing. There was a teacher, I, and he had a transcription, four pages of non-action. Beautiful riff, yeah? There's no action. A non-action is that there's no sense of being the doer, and then the action doesn't leave a huge imprint in one's life. Yes? It's just acting. And so he went on for four pages, transcription. Then it stopped, and then it said, student, and the lady goes, oh, I love what you said, but what do I do? You see? That's what I'm talking about, that incessant reference that arises and makes everything something. 
that it can recognize, yeah? So she was just hearing about there is no actor, and she loved the message, but then she said, well, what do I, what do, I do to get there? You see? That's what's going on all day. It's not so much what you hear, it's how it's being heard. It's being heard from a system called self-centeredness. Check the frame, and if you feel like it's, it's allowing you to show your true colors in that frame, stay in it if you think you have a choice. But if you feel a little bit subjugated, a little bit imposed upon, a little bit claustrophobic, maybe entertain the possibility, not doing and having, but at, look at that. You know? If it's not you, you'll see the frame is imaginary. You've been in an imaginary prison where you were the jailer, you were your inmate little friend, you were this, you were the warden, and then and you had all your little escape plans that never worked, and you had all these books about how to escape and like this, but you were in a way, there was no door, nothing. You could have walked out at any moment. But, exactly, that's the beginning of the bars. But, what am I going to do on Tuesday? Hmm? How is this going to apply next week? It can't. Next week's not happening. <laughs> it can't apply next week. That's the beauty of it. Just like recovery, it's a daily reprieve. Right? It's, not a, it's not promised I'll be sober three weeks from now. It's saying you will have a reprieve from alcoholism today. Because this is the only day there is. So, yes. Ah. Well, you come for one minute now. I like that. You come for the prayer. All right, we're done. Sit down. And, uh, all right, now we all get up. <laughs> he just wants to come for the coffee. So. All right, anyone, any questions? No, eh? Yes. Was that kind of like a little bit of what like the spiritual teaching and the message of Job was when his friends were saying the circumstances were a result of this poor spirituality and they were admonished supposedly by the Spirit in the Bible that... It has nothing to do with it. The circumstance has nothing to do with his acts or his deeds. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know the Old Testament much, Job. I like this one thing. I'm going to give Mike a, a little bit. Eh? This is one uh, parable that Jesus used that I liked. Because to me, it sort of questions time. And it's the guy who, uh, he has a field and he goes to like the union hall to hire some workers. And he gets there about 8 in the morning and he hires three guys. And he says, I'll give you 50 bucks, yeah? So the guys go work. And then he realizes he needs, he needs more. So he goes at 12 and he hires three more guys. He says, I'll give you 50 bucks. And then he, the work's going on and he gets uh, 4.30. He realizes he needs more help. He goes back. He says, all right, just work an hour or so. Here's 50 bucks. So the guys who got there at 8 o'clock are sort of pissed off because they had to work for nine hours for the same amount of money the guys but that's the whole thing with the first and last, yeah? Because there's no time. Time isn't a reality, yeah? Here we see everything as you're feeling pretty good now, but then this idea of next week overrides it, yeah? It sort of it diminishes it. It puts like a clamp on it or, or it clips it, yeah? And, and more and more these conceptual clippings go on and then to a point where this is just a stepping stone to a better tomorrow, yeah? You're not even paying much attention to Saturday. You're pl- rushing to plan what you're going to do Sunday. Should I glide again tomorrow? Or this? You haven't even glided yet today, but your mind's rushing to the next thing. This is the slavery of mind. You're not affiliated with that unless you believe it to be you. It's just an activity. It's like your blood is moving. You're not pumping your blood. Yeah. 
the thought system is sort of like that. It's just going and doing. It's like a popcorn. It's popcorn put in a popcorn maker. There's an action figure having experiences and thoughts are produced, yeah? And they refer to a past that this happened and that happened and this reminds me of it. None of that has anything fucking to do with you. You're seeing it all. So. All right, that's it. Yeah? Sorry, bro. Hi, <laughs> 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 you're the perfect thing. You got You just made 50 bucks. You just came for one minute. They had to sit through all this sun for an hour. <laughs> Can we, John, use your hat? You can pass it around. Do you mind? I don't want you to get burned. There'll be so much money put in, it'll take so long to get back. He's got a sunburn on his head. (laughs) Come to coffee, we'll have more. Ah, So, yeah, obviously you're back from Seattle. Right now, yeah. For now, yeah. Hey, have a wonderful time today. Yes, great to see you. Yeah. Don't think of us on that trip. Just fly there. You're dying this, Pimp, or what? You're going through contortions? What's happening with you? Huh? <laughs> You have water right here, honey. Jeez, got a question. What? Uh, it's too late. It's more over there. Too late. <laughs> I know. Well, for questions, it is. You can come back next week. Well, you can ask me later if you like. All right.